Yo, what's up, family? Welcome into Speak. It's a huge NFL Monday. I'm Emmanuel Lacho, and y'all know the vibes here. Volume's up. Put the remotes down. Stay for a while. I'm here with Dave Hellman. Knows everything about football, but today, I need your Cowboys insight, and he knows them best. Joy Taylor, you already know what time it is, and my dog, 2-5, live. Now, what you already have heard about is that Dak Prescott is out six to eight weeks with a broken thumb. But what we haven't talked enough about is why. Why the Cowboys perpetually fall short. So let me break the news down for you. It is because the general manager works for a reckless owner and the owner employs a vindictive and short-sighted general manager. Let's start with the owner. Jerry Jones, after Dak Prescott was hurt, he's going to tell reporters that Dak Prescott needs surgery and is out for a long period of time. Why is that an issue? Because his head coach didn't even know the extent of Dak's injury. Take a listen, y'all. Jerry was outside and said that Dak's going to need surgery to be out several weeks with, with a thumb injury. Can you just elaborate on that? Well, I, I think that's, you know, I don't have any more information than that. I mean, it's a, it's a significant hand injury. We'll know more in the morning. Now, how many owners do you all hear giving post-game pressers about the status and health status of players? That's the problem with Jerry Jones, the owner. But now Jerry Jones, the general manager, we got to address him. Because the general manager is so short-sighted that his team doesn't even have a backup quarterback with full competency on the roster. Think about the NFC East alone, just the immediate opponents for the Cowboys. Their backup quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, 52 career starts. Then you move on to the Philadelphia Eagles. Their backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew, 22 career starts. Then you keep it pushing to the Washington Commanders. Their backup quarterback, Taylor Heineke, 16 career starts. Taylor Heineke, a playoff start. Tyrod Taylor, a playoff start. But then you look at the Cowboys' backup quarterback, Cooper Rush, America. Cooper Rush was not even on the 53-man roster at the start of the season. They just elevated him a couple days ago. One career start. To me, Jerry Jones, you did this. This is your fault. Cowboys fan, if you need to figure out who to point the finger at, look no further than the owner and the general manager. But I got to come to my dog, Shady McCoy, because I got to ask you, 2-5, do you agree that all the blame for the Cowboys falls on Jerry Jones? (sighs) Well, real quick, I'll say this, man. After this weekend, seeing what my, my birds did, my eagles did, and seeing what the Cowboys did, I felt good to come to work this week. Oh. <laughs> so I'll say this. I don't think it's Jerry Jones' fault, right? He doesn't get all the blame. I mean, they played last night in Dallas, right? But he didn't play. He didn't make a tackle. He, he didn't make a catch. He didn't throw a pick. He didn't put up, what, three points or something like that? <laughs> so we can't blame Jerry for everything. Now, sure. With the quarterback, that, that's pretty bad, right? You should at least have a, the backup that can make some plays, has some, some experience. That's pretty bad. I mean, but then again, like, hey, he looked like Dak did the whole three quarters. So I don't see what the big difference is, but I will say this, man. Don't blame Jerry for everything, right, because he doesn't play. And you know who I'm looking at. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, exactly I'm on you at. the whole Day. So, for the record, Dave Hellman is the Dak Prescott apologist. Dave Hellman was in Dallas working for the Cowboys when Dak Prescott got drafted, has been covering the Cowboys for the last 10 years. It's going to be a long day for you, I feel like. That's okay. And you know what? That's the thing, Shady. Like, two things can be true at once. Dak Prescott did not play a good game last night. Okay. It is True. all on Jerry Jones. And I wouldn't expect a Philly guy to be informed of all this stuff, of all the ins and outs. But literally, if you take this down to a granular level, it is insane the way all of Jerry Jones and the Cowboys front office offseason maneuvering blew up in their face in one night. 
Opening drive of the game. Their offensive line is a wreck going into this. Tyron Smith gets hurt. They move Tyler Smith out to left tackle. Actually looked pretty good quietly, like if you're looking for a silver lining. Connor McGovern McGovern sprains his ankle on the opening possession. So now your line's blowing up. Then, I mean, like, if you watch the game, you don't need me to talk about the receivers. You don't need me to talk about CeeDee Lamb not looking ready for the moment. Mm. You don't need me to talk about whoever else they were running out there. They had undrafted rookie Dennis Houston playing receiver for them. Noah Brown finished with a nice tally, but you know most of that came in garbage time. The fact that that's who I'm even talking about (laughs) says everything because this is the team that said, we don't need Amari Cooper. We don't care that Michael Gallup's not ready. This isn't the team. No, no, no. Jerry Jones said that. He runs the team. He the front say, he office said we don't Dak yet. You Dak see what play, I'm saying? Dak played a bad game. Did I not just did I not just tell you <sighs> what Dak Prescott was working with? Again, like we're going to talk about other quarterbacks too. It's remarkable. It's remarkable how much the quarterbacks that are surrounded by talent outplayed the ones that weren't on Sunday, Sunday afternoon and Sunday night. And I'll I'll just finish with this. I thought about this while you were giving your monologue, Acho. The ultimate irony, Julio Jones who the Buccaneers don't even need, by the way, <laughs> came out and balled. That's right. That's a right. guy who was available in the summer when the Cowboys needed receiver help, and they were like, no, nah, we're good. We like the guys we have. Well, those are the guys that you have, Cowboys, and you scored three points. Have fun with that. Joy, you agree it all falls on Jerry Jones? Yes, of course. I've been saying this for the better part of a decade. Jerry, the businessman, is beyond reproach. He bought the Dallas Cowboys – in 1989, for $140 million, they are now worth $8 billion. They mm. are the biggest brand in all of sports ching, ching. in mm-hmm. the world, mm-hmm. around the entire world. Every sport that is played, the Cowboys are the biggest brand. As a businessman, what he's done for the NFL, getting the Rams here, expanding brands and partnerships, unquestioned. Can't even question it. Absolutely. As an owner of the team and a GM... We have 25 years of evidence that this does not work. I thought about it this morning because Jerry is such an outlier, right? And we love it. In the media, we love it. It's amazing. We get amazing quotes. He's always doing something spicy. Now Mike McCarthy doesn't know. It's crazy. It's mayhem. (laughs) We love chaos. The media does. But how does this translate to winning on the field? It doesn't. And year after year after year, we see the same thing. I'm a doctor, right? So I like to examine things. I like to see what kind of evidence lines up? And if we have a big enough, don't laugh. Okay, don't laugh. Don't be mad because you ain't get an honorary doctor. I ain't get an honorary. How crazy is that? <laughs> Here, I speak, I give the whole commencement speech and they don't give me honor. I got anyway. an honorary doctorate. Go well, on. you know, this, this is what happens when you're older. Maybe in time. You still got some time. <laughs> the scientific steps, right? There's six scientific steps. Ask a question, do research, construct the hypothesis, test the hypothesis by doing experiments, analyze the data, communicate the results. We have 25 years of evidence that Jerry Jones, the outlier GM owner, cannot translate to winning on the field. It's one thing if you have a couple years of a sample size of a big personality and it doesn't work out. Okay, well, maybe they just didn't have the right quarterback. Maybe they didn't have enough talent. Maybe they just ran into some bad draft picks or, you know, some staffing issues, some injuries. We have 25 years of evidence that the way that Jerry Jones does things does not translate to winning. It's here. It's right there. It's, it's, it's scientific at this point. I, I need an explanation, Dave, and I'm going to come to you because you are the man who knows the most about Cowboys football on daily television. I need an explanation because the Cowboys haven't won in the last 25 years, as Joy pointed out. We get all that. Yep. 
But they've constructed some really good teams. That's true. 2016, if Tony Romo doesn't get hurt in my mind, they are at least nearing the Super Bowl. I can't guarantee that they will win it because Tony Romo didn't have great playoff success. But Dak Prescott's rookie year when he received an MVP vote and that team was littered with Pro Bowl and Hall of Fame talent, Tony Romo would have at least led them close to a Super Bowl. This is the first year where I'm looking at Jerry Jones like, this is self-sabotage. This is negligent. Like, I'm starting to question, Jerry Jones, what was your intentions with the roster this season? Because you know as well as I know, you can't roll out this roster and expect to win many games, if any games at all. This was the first time in my life covering the Cowboys or playing the NFL when I really looked at Jerry Jones and said, nah, this math is not mathing. I don't know if you are trying to set yourself up for a bigger storyline by struggling and we're going to talk about you even more. I can't figure it out, but it's unfair. Dave, please make it make sense. What could have been going on in Jerry Jones' mind and why? I don't know if I can make it make sense, but <laughs> I'll, I'll try to explain it to you. It's, I mean, I, I look at it as blind optimism with a healthy dash of hubris, honestly. And I, I, I say this a lot. If you, if you follow me off of TV, if you follow my Cowboys work, I appreciate that, by the way. But it goes back to the spring. The Cowboys drafted Tyler Smith. The, fine. Good, good kid. Has, has a lot of potential. Could be a good player. But Jerry Jones got up on the podium after they made that pick and said, we think this is a draft class that could contribute just as much as last year's did. Micah Parsons was their first-round pick last year, who, by the way, probably the brightest spot of all of them for the Cowboys last night, already has two sacks on the season. Absolute beast. I think he'll be one of, if not the best, defensive player in the league before too long. Once Aaron Donald retires, he might have it. Um, But to assume you're going to do that again is absolute insanity. (laughs) It's completely insane. It always was. And I always found myself saying, instead of saying, man, we got lucky with Micah, we better do something else to ensure that we're not relying on that luck over and over again. They said, we got lucky with Micah, and we'll do it again. And that, to me, is just a bonkers thought process. But, you know, everything that you're saying is rational, and it makes sense, and and I think you did a good job of making it make sense. Oh, thank you. You know where this would work? If you had a GM who was worried about losing his job. 100%. You know where this would work? If you had a coach who had to coach for their job. Yeah. Jerry makes all the decisions. Everything ends with him, and he ain't going nowhere. So that is my point. He is an outlier. You don't hear this with organizations that win. When do you hear from the Steelers owner? When they're retiring a a Steelers great jersey. You don't – it's with Mike Tomlin. He is – Kansas City. Andy Reid. Yeah. Patriots. Bill Belichick. The coach is responsible for these type of things. You don't have weekly – pressers with the owners multiple times per week. (laughs) The owner isn't telling random reporters in the hallway what's going on with the franchise quarterback needing surgery. Like, (laughs) like, think about what we're saying right here and and then give me another example where this happens and it works. Well, this leads me to wonder, Shady, We've been so negative about the Cowboys, rightfully so. Quarterback gone, roster looked incompetent yesterday. Where in the world can the Cowboys go from here? Is there still a bright spot to the season? Can they still make something out of no, it? No, no, whoa, whoa. This is over. The, the Dallas the Cowboys, over. Oh, it's over. I mean, listen, first of all, so Dak's out for, what, six to eight weeks, they say? Mm-hmm. Something like that. So you go out there, let's say you get a guy like Jimmy G, right? I mean, can, he's, not, he's not better than, than what Dak is, right? And Dak, I mean, he didn't really do nothing, really, right? Who else can get? Cam Newton? I mean, I don't know if Cam's okay, but he's not Dak. It's over for the Cowboys, right? We need to stop talking about the Cowboys and talk more about the Eagles. <laughs> it's the Eagles' time. Listen, seriously, though, if you watched that game last night, 
right? <laughs> Dallas, they were bad, bad. I, I mean, like, sorry, it's terrible. And then, and then everybody talks about the defense. Earlier, we were arguing about the defense. Out of the three quarters, they played. Oh, the, the, the defense right, played good. Let's go. Right, they played good. Right, Joy. I think the defense defense did play good. Yes. Right. Okay. They played so good that that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in three quarters, one, two, three, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, they punted <laughs> one time. So that lets me know that it's not the defense that did good in the red zone. I mean, not, it's not the defense. It's more that. Tampa Bay didn't do well in the red zone. So now this week. Because why? Oh, because this, how? Wait, one second. One second. Surely this, couldn't have been Micah Parsons sacking Tom Brady on two third look, downs in the red this zone. This week, this week, they're going for the red zone, and they're going to clean that up. Now, you go to Dallas, you got a lot of stuff to clean up. I mean, how do you let the offense go up and down the field? Not what was stop. the final score? A, a lot to a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a lot to a little bit. That's the point. So, I'm no, saying, when you go in the locker room, right, in the coach, we talk about the things we did bad. We watched the tape. You did everything bad. You did everything bad. The only thing you did good was that you didn't let them. That's it. That's it. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Take me, take me into the locker room since you mentioned it. Take me into the mind of a player. You lose your starting quarterback. Mm, okay. Before losing <laughs> your starting quarterback, you still weren't that good. Yeah. You're Ezekiel Elliott. You're C.D. Lamb. You're Dalton Schultz right now. What in the world are you thinking, and what are you still playing for outside of money? That might be it. They know it. Look, I know it's over. Y'all fronting like I don't know. Y'all know it's over. And the players you talked about, they know it's over. What can you do? Our best player, our highest paid player on offense, didn't lead us. Our captain didn't lead us. We looked bad. We, balls behind all the receivers, receivers dropping passes, running backs stumbling over their feet. I mean, what can you do? So it's like, where do we go from here? I'll be in the locker room like, damn, dog. What are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do? It's only week one. It's going to get worse. Next week, we got the Bengals. That's, look, it looks scary for Dallas, man. It looks real scary Ooh. for Dallas. Well, speaking of being over, contract negotiations between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, they are allegedly over. Why? Because Lamar Jackson turned down what reports say $290 million. Don't bleed the height. 180-plus guarantee. Uh-oh. We got to tell you, though, are the Ravens still somehow disrespecting Lamar Jackson? That's next on Speed. Woo. Lamar, he's one with that roster they got over in Dallas. Welcome back, family. Y'all know what it is. We all got two lives. We live two lives, so let's check in on our social life. Future Hall of Famer Von Miller, he says this, this block must be taken out the game. This is the future, and we are just letting the offense tee, on our, tee off on our marquee pass rushers. You can get the job done without that much contact. So now what is this mm. block that got to be taken out of the game? Oh, what? <laughs> He's Ooh. talking about Ooh. Leonard Fournette taking out, <laughs> taking out Micah Parsons. Now, I don't think that block is Come on. a block. Look, 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 look. You play defense, so don't. Look, I'm just saying. Okay. It's an easy block to make, is it not? Yeah. So I should it be taking out the game, though? No. First of all, right, he's probably, I mean, let's come on. Parsons is probably one of the best players in the game right now, right? It's so not the best, yeah. He go, he go over there to the backup tackle and is killing them, right? Two sacks. He's showing the world two sacks. What's he supposed to do? Look, hey, whatever y'all doing, put Fournette on the left side and help out. So what did Fournette do? He came here and gave him a good chip shot. You need that. You got to chip him off. If not, he'll be, my, my, my the quarterback's 45 years old. Do you got, do you have to get somebody a heart attack out there? You got to chip block that. So you ain't got no issue with it? No issue. And Von Miller, you tripping. You a Hall of Famer, man. We got to block you somehow. Come on now. All right. That's it. We got to roll on to Baltimore. We don't talk about that later, though. That block hurt. I got some chip blocks, too. That block hurt. All right. Moving on to Baltimore. If y'all did not hear, before the Ravens lit up the Jets, there was no contract agreement 
between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Now, allegedly, Jackson turned down a five-year extension offer from the Ravens that was worth over $250 million. Our own Jay Glazer reports that the guaranteed money was more than that of Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. But Lamar wants a fully guaranteed deal. Now, if we can break this down for y'all, giving y'all a little bit more intel. Kyler Murray got Joy 189 million guaranteed. So 89.5. Kyler got yeah, right. Don't forget about that. That's right. Don't forget about the 0.5. So Kyler got 189.5 million guaranteed. Deshaun Watson got 230. Allegedly, Lamar Jackson turned down what was more than that of Kyler Murray, but still not fully guaranteed. Is it disrespectful, LaShawn McCoy, to turn that money down? For, is it disrespectful for the Ravens to offer Lamar Jackson a non-fully guaranteed contract? Yeah, it's disrespectful. It's very disrespectful. First of all, we talked about last something about the Cowboys. A, a guy like Action Jackson, look at his team, right? They, they don't have a whole bunch of superstars on offense. He's still winning games. So the longer you wait and play this game and disrespect one of the best quarterbacks in the league, a, a, future, um, a former MVP, you keep playing this game, the number goes up and up and up. So my thing is, hey, if Deshaun Watson got 200-plus million dollars guaranteed, why can't I? I'm younger. I'm better. I'm making sure your team wins, your franchise wins. When people come in the stands, they see Action Jackson number eight. So please, stop playing this game and pay this guy. Joy, do you think that the Ravens are disrespecting Lamar Jackson? Yes, if the reported numbers are true. So yesterday the report was around 160 to 180 million that he allegedly turned down. So we'll operate off of those numbers. Mm -hmm. If that's true, yes, because ain't no way I'm taking less guaranteed money than Kyler Murray with a league MVP and a playoff when uh, that's not happening. I firmly believe that the right number for Lamar is 200 million guaranteed. And when you look at the market, that is actually fair. There's a lot of concerns about, you know, oh, he's a, he's a dual-threat quarterback. How What's he going to be in seven years? You don't have to worry about that. If you do a, if you do a deal where he's $200 million, essentially it's $50 million a year for the next four years. That's the deal that you're mm. doing when that money runs out, which is the market right now for Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray. you got to be somewhere in between Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray. We have the numbers up here now. $161 million guaranteed for Russell Wilson, which actually I personally feel is kind of low, but that's his, that's his deal. Kyler Murray, 189.5, and then you have Deshaun Watson at 230 million. Everybody has a drop number, right? The, the organization has a drop number, and Lamar Jackson has a drop number, meaning I'm not going to go below this number, and the organization, I'm not going to go higher than this number, because then it becomes a point of diminishing return. Now, I'm actually losing money and losing value by paying you so much money. Every business has this operation when you are negotiating. Right. So to me, I don't believe that the owners are going to start paying out $230, $250 million guaranteed to franchise quarterbacks. Mostly because if he's out, the season is over. It's almost too valuable of, of an asset to pay that much to. So I think that the number is around $200 million. You can't ignore what Deshaun Watson got. But if you're paying Kyler Murray 189.5, I got to be somewhere in between. Yeah, I think it, it gets convoluted. And it, not to bring everything back to Dak, I'm sorry, Shay. Like, <laughs> I, I was around that for so long. And you just hear so many numbers. You hear what the Cowboys want you to think they offered. You hear what Dak wants you to think they offered. And it's the same thing going on with the Ravens and Lamar. I don't think they're, it, I don't think they're disrespecting him if Lamar's like, I want more than Watson or I'm out. That's not disrespectful. Right. If you are shorting him, on Murray's number, or even, really, if you're only sort of bumping him above Murray, that's disrespectful, too, because I'm like, I've done a hell of a lot more in this league than Kyler Murray has. Right. I think Joy, Joy said it perfectly. I don't think he's going to get the Watson deal, because the more and more we talk and think about this, 
the stupider and stupider that looks by the Cleveland Browns. It was but, desperate. Yeah, very. And, and, and like we've said a few times, the Ravens are not a desperate team. They're still probably going to need, I think, to hit $200 million. I think they've got to put him at a number that is significantly more than what the next best guy has, which is Kyler Murray right now. 200 sounds good to me. The problem, though, Shady, for me as a former player, and I know you know better as a former player that got a ton of money, Lamar can't get less than Deshaun. Like, I don't think he will yeah. sign for less than Deshaun. Not I don't think so. We've seen it. Right, Jay Glazer reports that he got more guaranteed than Kyler Murray. So mm -hmm. we already know based upon our own report he got more guaranteed than Kyler. And he still said no. I would say no, too. Right. Because if I am better than a quarterback by literally every statistical metric except for gross passing yardage, and Lamar Jackson is better than Deshaun Watson by statistical metrics outside of gross passing yardage, if I am better than a quarterback in literally every statistical metric, I'm younger. I have a unanimous MVP. I have more games won, just as many playoff games won. If I'm better in every statistical metric, you got to pay me more, right. period. I think anything outside of that is gross disrespect, potentially, or at minimum, it will be taken as disrespect by Lamar. I, now, I agree with you. I mean, but the biggest thing is, like, it, it's, it's slotted. That's my thing. Is like, it, this is what the slot is. This is what the market is. Listen, you got $2, right? Okay, you got 3 you got 4 I'm better than all y'all. This, I'm just this example. <laughs> if I'm better than all y'all, I deserve five. five. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, why y'all making it such a big deal? Because y'all don't want to pay the market? That's not my problem. And, and real quick, them owners all talk. When Deshaun Watson got that deal, you don't think they talked with the other owners? Yeah, of course. They yeah. talk? Oh, no, no, no. I think they, they made that deal. They made yeah. that offer. And the other owners said, y'all messed up, what kindly. What on earth are you doing? Y'all done messed up. And we're not about to support <clears> this because, that, because the numbers do go up every year. So what happens when Justin Herbert's up? $260 million guaranteed? What happens when Joe Burrow's up? See, $300 million guaranteed? Like, how, that, th that's, how is, work, that's how it works in every sport. That's how it works. But they have a salary cap in the NFL. So the issue is, at what point does paying that then completely eliminate you from contention, which is the whole point of locking up your quarterback? So I'm not arguing on behalf of the owners. I'm just saying, you know, sometimes you be around wealthy people, you know they like to do I things to make sure that they keep their wealth. So they're not going to follow suit with the Browns unless someone makes them do it. Bingo. Bingo. But, that's can, the but part. does Lamar right? have right? enough leverage to yeah, make oh my them do God. it? So, so that's, yes, that's a, a lot of point. leverage. The, the point is nobody is going to do something, an owner, unless you make them do it. That's right. right. Um, we saw Aaron Rodgers. He had to threaten retirement yeah. for the Packers to give him what he wanted. Or the GM. He said, yo, that'd be fired as GM. Both cases. You saw Kyler Murray. He removed every association with the Arizona Cardinals to get what he wanted. You saw Jalen Ramsey. We saw what he had to do to get out of Jacksonville to become the highest paid. Aaron Donald. Derwin James. A Aaron Donald, to your point of threatening retirement. Great players typically have to force owners' hands, but Lamar Jackson is not forcing their hand, and until, to me, he forces their hand, I do not think he can get what he wants to get done. Dave, who do you think, at least at this junction in time, is winning the standoff? Lamar Jackson's going to win the standoff. I'm going to just stay firm on that until I'm proven wrong. The quarterback always gets paid. It's the most important position in the sport. All of the bluster, all of the back and forth, not just in this negotiation, but in every other one I can remember, the quarterback gets what he wants. The Ravens are 1-0. They're probably going to win a few more games. They looked, I mean, I know it was the Jets, but they looked pretty good yesterday. Like, I, yeah, he's going to put them in contention. He's 25 years old. He's got the credentials. 
He's going to win this. Like I said last week, it's just a matter of when. I think he'll – I do think Lamar Jackson going to get paid. But, Joy, I don't think it's going to be the Ravens that end up doing the paying. Because the Ravens are sitting here saying, look, we're not paying you 230 guaranteed. We're just not. And Lamar's like, look, I want 230 guaranteed. I just do. Something's got to give. Where do you stand on the standoff? I mean, right now the Ravens are winning because they're getting Lamar on the cheap and they're letting the season play out. I mean, he, whether we want to say it this way or not, he is betting on himself. He was injured last year. God forbid, obviously, but injuries happen. If th- that is what you're risking here. Look what just happened to Dak Prescott. Like, this, is, this happens all the time. So if that happens back-to-back years, it's not just the Ravens he's going to have to worry about. It's the rest of the league as well. So that is, there, is, there are things at risk here. The Ravens are risking that he goes and wins a Super Bowl, and they do have to pay him 200, 230, $250 million guaranteed. And Lamar is risking as well. That's why they're trying to get the deal done. I do think that it's hung up on the guaranteed money. You're right. He's going to win eventually. But if they play the franchise tag game, I don't know that either one of them actually wins. Because what are you going to replace Lamar Jackson with if he leaves after that franchise tag game? We saw it happen with Washington Commanders. They played that game with Kirk Cousins. They've had 11 different quarterbacks since Kirk Cousins left. That's crazy. Now, you can argue, oh, would I rather be the Vikings or the Commanders? I would absolutely rather be the Vikings. Every I would time. absolutely Not even close. be paying Kirk Cousins what is now a pretty reasonable rate. You know exactly who your guy is. You know exactly what you need to put around him. You have branding. You have people knowing who the franchise quarterback is when you drive around the city. There's, that matters to teams. The Commanders have been a mess. Like, they've they're been a disaster. They might have Carson Wentz now. We won't even get into that. How that game went yesterday. <laughs> he did good. He did the good. The point is... I don't like the franchise tag game for Lamar or for the Ravens. But here's what's fascinating, and, 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 and we'll put a pin in this and return to it. The most fascinating part of this all is Lamar Jackson, if he was offered $130, $150, $180 million guaranteed, the Ravens are like, look, we got guaranteed money for you. We just ain't got $230 million worth of guaranteed money for you. I understand that Lamar Jackson wants that Deshaun Watson deal, but every game he plays, I don't think he's making money. I actually think he's just running the risk of losing money. Because, Lamar, you can't get better than unanimous MVP. That's my thought process. Yeah, you could win the Super Bowl. Yeah, but but even – Yeah, big if. You could. I think – I mean, but that's what they're trying to do. That's that's the risk that the Ravens are running here, is that if he goes and wins a Super Bowl, wins a Super Bowl MVP – or for that matter, wins another league MVP. They they lose whatever leverage they have. Then they are going to have to run him that check. That's, that's too far though. I don't think he has to go to the Super Bowl to, to, to get paid to get his, no. Yeah, go to the playoffs. Go to the playoffs. That He's rock, been. Yeah, but that He's rock, been. Other teams see that the same way how the Browns, which the Browns, the Browns are very extreme, but they they made that stretch. We got Deshaun Watson. You know, we put him with this team, right? The things he could do for us, where he could take us. Other teams are saying the same thing. If Lamar Jackson can do that for that team, the Ravens, that roster's not that great. I, here's my, I, I don't, my team will win. I don't know that Lamar Jackson can prove to be any more valuable than he's already proven to be. Last year, the Ravens were the one seed with like six games remaining. Lamar Jackson goes down, they fall all the way out of the playoffs. Yeah. Where you is, at? Isn't beauty in the eye of the beholder? I mean, like, did, I mean, all it took was the Browns to say that Deshaun Watson was worth 200 guarantee. By the way... It gets lost in all of the off-field stuff. Sean Watson's resume, also nowhere near as good as Lamar Jackson's. I know they have the tag, so it gets convoluted. Let that dude right there hit the open market and right. see what somebody right. who's been begging for a quarterback might Philly, do. hey, Philly. <laughs> it's going to be a long time until he can hit the open market if they play that tag game. We will see. Well, speaking of time, it's Trey Lance time in San Fran, but that time fizzled real quick. 49ers lost to the Bears. Should the Niners regret Benching Jimmy G, I got an answer. And it's yes. But they don't like the answer. You're here. 
speak next. Well, Trey Lance season opener did not at all go as planned. The 49ers offense struggled, and that's an understatement. Lance finished with just over 200 total yards, including an ugly interception to Eddie Jackson's safety for the Bears. That was in the loss. And do not forget, though, that Jimmy Garoppolo is sitting somewhere on the sideline, casually watching all of this unfold. In the rain. Mm. Man, oh man, these 49ers have made a mistake of the decade. You got one of the winningest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL by percentage on your roster. And you have him, one of the winningest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL by percentage, watching Trey Lance, figuratively speaking, a rookie, but literally speaking, in his second year, struggle. You got elderly talent on your roster, including Trent Williams, likely to be a first ballot Hall of Famer based on the way he's now playing. George Kittle, when he's healthy, he's a baller. Clearly, he's getting up there because he plays the game so aggressively, so his years count like two of them. Debo Samuel's still young, but you know that he doesn't always stay healthy for the duration of seasons. So you have a talented, but still a, to some degree aged roster out there, and you want to squander it? On Trey Lance, I say squander not because Trey Lance will not be good. I say squander because Trey Lance is not good right now. He's not good enough to be starting when you have Jimmy G on the roster. I looked at it like this. Last year, Jimmy G played two games that were near as bad as this game for Trey Lance. He played two of them. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to deny the statistics. One of which, though, he played with a broken thumb. Tennessee Titans, one touchdown, two interceptions. The second game that he played that was almost as bad as this game, as you were looking right there on your screen, he played coming off a calf injury. So Jimmy Garoppolo with a broken thumb, the same broken thumb that's about to sideline Dak Prescott, Jimmy Garoppolo with a broken thumb and a torn calf is still significantly better than when Trey Lance steps on the football field, America. It's really that simple. I feel bad for the 49ers veterans on the roster. I think the 49ers should regret draft, regret starting, starting Trey Lance. You ain't got to regret drafting him. I think Trey Lance will be a baller, hopefully. They should regret starting him. Joy, please, I don't tell me why I'm wrong because it's not the segment. Oh, you're very wrong. But this please, is, don't this tell has me become something. that segment. <laughs> Here's why you're wrong. Yeah, let me get situated. <laughs> no, they should not regret starting Trey Lance over Jimmy G. At all. You know what happens when you draft a rookie young quarterback? You have these kind of problems. So if you don't want a young rookie quarterback, don't draft one. That's what happens. You have a young quarterback. That's what it is. Talking all this about J Jimmy Garoppolo, and we might get into it a little later. I think the Cowboys could use him. But the market said we don't want Jimmy G. We're good on Jimmy G. The whole NFL. Everybody need a backup. There's some teams that could really use someone with Jimmy G's talent. And where's Jimmy G? Sitting right there next to Trey Lance. Right up on that bench next to Trey Lance. You got the whole NFL. Everyone's like, mm, in the rain. Oh, we good. <laughs> we good, bro. We don't, we don't need that. No. This is what happens when you have a young quarterback. He is going to struggle. And to be honest with you, I'm giving the Niners a pass on this. Congrats to the Bears and Justin Fields. I love seeing Justin Fields have some success. I'm rooting for him. But they were playing in a swimming pool. So I'm going to wait to judge them until they get on land. That field was ridiculous yesterday. Like, we got some cool, you know, social media pictures yeah, and stuff. It was fun cool. sliding. <laughs> you know. cool. We love playing a game and all that. That was, a, that was 
ridiculous that that was, game was even played on that field. It was a swimming pool. So, no, Trey Lance is going to struggle. That's what it is. I understand your point about having veterans on the you team. Do. I understand that. Do. But if you don't want those problems, don't take a young quarterback. But here is my thing. I got two issues to address. The first issue I will address is this. Um, I don't care about the weather. I can't give him a pass. Why? Because, Shady, you were there. 2013, Philadelphia, Detroit Lions, snow, eight inches of it. And my dog 2-5 was too live that game because you went crazy. We didn't get a, get a pass, and we didn't give the Lions a pass. I'm you not, gave network? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not Trey Lance. So, you, this right. <laughs> Oh! That's you getting crazy. Oh my, Hold on, like, don't. my dog Shady McCoy, and literally a torrential snowstorm ball. No passes were given. I was there on special teams. You're not going to see none of my highlights, but I promise you I was on the field. That's my first thing. My second thing, though, Dave, I'm going to come to you with this one, is I feel like, to Joy's point, rookie quarterbacks got to play. But most often they play out of necessity, not desire. Trevor Lawrence, necessity. The starter was Gardner Minshew. Um, I think about Josh Allen, necessity. There was Nathan Peterman. I think about um, Josh Rosen when he was ushered in there. Necessity. Who in the world are we going to go to after Carson Palmer? We haven't had a good quarterback there for a while. Kyler Murray. Necessity. Baker Mayfield. Tyrod Taylor. Who was going to be there? Who wasn't going to be there? Necessity. Rookie quarterbacks start out of necessity, not desire. But for the Niners, this isn't necessity. This is desire. When the Packers didn't need to start Jordan Love, they didn't. When the Chiefs didn't need to start Patrick Mahomes, they didn't. So where I'm at, Joy, is if you don't have to do it, then why are you doing it? Because he ain't a rookie quarterback. Thank this you, is Joy. his second year. Thank now, you, Joy. by experience, he's a rookie quarterback because they chose they not to start him already. last year. So now he's in his second year and you used three first-round draft picks on him. So, yeah, he got to be on the field. The minute you draft a quarterback, a clock starts ticking. And it's going it, to – first of all, it's a clock that judges the, the regime that drafted him. So, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, you're on the clock. The team's also on the clock. And you're on the clock toward deciding whether or not this guy needs to get paid. Trey Lance, can you imagine – we would be doing a whole segment about why he's not playing if he wasn't. Because you're basically – like, if he was not the starter right no, now sir. and you're saying it's a lie. you're going to get to his third it's year before you decide That's to evaluate him. Let me tell you why it's a lie. Let me tell you why it's a lie. <laughs> You've got to evaluate these guys, it's man. It's a lie. We wouldn't be doing the segment if the Niners were winning. If the Niners were 1-0 started Jimmy G, we wouldn't be like, man, why isn't Trey Lamb starting? Because they were winning. Shady, let me come to you on this, because you've been a veteran on teams with quarterback controversies. Um, you were there Josh Allen's rookie year, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, in Buffalo. So you've seen first-round picks sit, because Josh Allen did not start right away. If you were Trent Williams, 34, 35 years old, old yep. you know, an older guy who, who needs to win immediately. If you were George Kittle, if you were... Bosa, if you were Ward, if you were Tart, if you were Armstead, if you were one of these guys right, who right. needs to win immediately, and you are watching Trey Lance squander a winning game, how you feeling in the moment? What you thinking? Looking at Jimmy G, knowing Jimmy G there and you could win. See, but this here's the thing. Everybody you talked about are like are leaders, are veterans. So I'm sure that, you know, Kyle talked to these guys, right? And that's not where they're placed, to be honest. Like the quarterbacks have more say-so with the front office than the other players. Like, like, like Trent. Trent's probably the best tackle we've seen in years, but I'm sure he's not in the management. Like, hey, what are we doing? Because they're paying you a certain amount of money to be on a team. <laughs> we need, we're paying you to help out this young quarterback. Not to be, hey, well, put Jimmy G in there because I'm getting older. No, that's, that's not your role. That's not your place. This is, this is a franchise, right? This is not for year one, year two. So when you gave up three first-round picks, this guy was supposed to be your future. Now, sure, he didn't have a good game, which I expected because, I mean, this is like his real first year of really playing. 
like having a full game, good or bad, you know, not because somebody's hurt. No, I'm in there because it's my offense, it's my team. Question for you, Buffalo 2018, you were the running back there still, correct? Yep. Um, Nathan Peterman is starting over Josh Allen. He threw a five-interception game that was heard around the world, if my numbers are still correct on that. Um, at least, what were you feeling when you got Josh Allen, the six foot five, 240-pound, built like a Greek god with an arm of a rocket launcher, but you got Peterman in there starting? How are you feeling in the moment when you like, yo, why this dude still playing if you got somebody else back there that could do better? I mean, it's, it's timing, though. Like, I keep telling you, you guys, like, like, confidence is everything. Seriously, though. So let's say you put Josh out there. First of all, when Josh was a rookie, he was super talented. Yeah, tell jo the story right. Tell Josh, the story oh, right. Oh, oh, oh. Thank you, Shady. Josh wasn't ready, though. Josh wasn't ready. He wasn't ready, though. Like, he had a big arm. He was, he sure. was accurate. He was up and down. But he, I knew he had talent. I'm the first person that said Josh I was going to be a superstar in this league, but not this year. If you get a guy in there and, and he's playing bad as a rookie, you know, his, his confidence is shot. Got people on the, talking like us. Oh, he's a, bad, he's a bad player, this and that. They see it. People, you know, guys are, are sensitive nowadays, especially mm -hmm. now. You read, you're reading the paper, you're reading the, the internet, you see what's going on, so you don't want to kill his confidence. But now look at him. He's a star. Yeah, but that's a great example with Josh Allen because everyone noticed that Josh Allen struggled in the beginning. He was very inconsistent. Yep. Trey Lance, you acting like Trey Lance ain't out here looking like a whole franchise quarterback. He's not small. There are no questions about his physical ability to yeah. play the quarterback position. Yeah, but he's not looking good, though. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. But if you look at Trey Lance, he looks like oh, a franchise sure, yeah. quarterback. Sure, sure, not, sure. Like, there's not any kind of physical thing going on sure. here. Like, Josh Allen looks that much different than Trey Lance. I, Josh Allen struggled in the beginning. Yeah. And the Bills did. stuck with him, and they developed him. Well, you have to, though, because, like, like Josh is supposed to be our franchise guy. Josh Allen is the first real big um, first-rounder that, that the Bills had, especially a quarterback. Quarterback is a, is a different level. Yesterday, I'm surprised because that's more his game. Like, you can tell he's nervous. Even on some of the design run plays, right? They had the fake. He goes in the middle. It's a big hole. He's, like, waiting to get in there. And I watched his college tape where in college he's going to hit it. So that lets me know in two years or so, he's, that same play looks identical from college to the pros. He'll hit it. That comes with confidence, comes with timing. What is it? Uh, what is it? Does it also come with reps? Like yeah, come around. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah, the yeah, things yeah. that they should be doing but to he, develop the young quarterback. And, and I, hear, I hear that, and I love that. The problem is, Josh, there was Nathan Peterman, not Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy okay, Garoppolo went to a Super but let's Bowl, y'all. Let's not get crazy here with the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Because I, if I'm he is getting crazy, Bob. You're, you're getting a little yeah. crazy. And I, and I like Jimmy G. 70% winning over okay, the course I like, of I like Jimmy G a lot. 70%. I like Jimmy G a lot. Nice but they didn't bring I won't say the numbers he got. These numbers, I won't say They didn't bring in Trey Lance because Jimmy Garoppolo was putting fear in the heart of the opponent. Of course not. Okay? Of course not. So Jimmy not. Garoppolo had more than a space of opportunity to take them to the next level. Sure. But, J but Trey Lance puts fear in the hearts of the 49ers, and he plays for the 49ers. Because he's a so young quarterback. A baby, this is a transition that they right. made. Right. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't winning Super Bowls, and the rest of the league, anyone could have traded for Jimmy Garoppolo, and everyone said not. And he's not I'm a rookie good. either. He's playing, he played like Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy G played sometimes just like Trey Lance. He's not a rookie. He never played and, this and, bad. And, and, uh, and I bet never mind, played this bad. Keep, keep in mind the injury history with Jimmy Garoppolo also. Let's all, like, man, let's back off a little bit as well. Like, you mentioned all the vets and how they might, like, they feel some type of way. Debo Samuel fumbled, had a critical fumble at the beginning of this game. Like, it was a bad game all around. And to Joy's point, Shady, all the respect in the world for what you did in the snow. You're not a quarterback. Like, to play in those sure. conditions, it wasn't raining. It was a damn monsoon. 
running around on that field looked like walking through the Prime ball pit at McDonald's. It no, was get out of here. It was Daddy. raining, so he couldn't grip the if ball. Gonna, no, if no, we're going to make sweeping... No, 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 no. If we're going to make no. sweeping statements about those conditions, man, come yeah, on. I'm not, I'm not saying that he gets absolved from it because it rained. But I'm not evaluating whether no. they made a mistake about Jimmy Garoppolo off of that game. The, the, Bears, game the Bears have the same situation, honestly. The only difference between Fields and, and Lance is that there's not a guy behind Fields. Correct. The Bears looked just as trash in that That's game. True. They caught some breaks. They have a nice defense that took advantage of a guy making one of his first NFL starts in a monsoon. I'm just not going to freak out about it. I got I to see if they were playing like backyard, backyard. It football. Was, yeah, that was just a I see Fields run all the way to the left. Stop. Look around. <laughs> I've never oh seen my that. God. In the that NFL. That's bad. You know why that's bad? It, it worked out, right? But out of this whole season, that's going to be picks. You can't have, he played his whole rookie year. He played. Fields, most of it. Andy Dalton started. Okay, uh, so I got hurt. For Trey Lance, he didn't really play that much. So for you still making them same plays in your second year, that's scary. That's going to be picked. My, my real only issue is I do not want to see the Niners squander a season or half a season because they're waiting on Trey Lambs when you got Jimmy G. That's business. That's business. Yep. In there. Three first-round picks is 70 business. 70% winning percentage over the course of his career. Anyway, we'll tell, get more tell, me later. Later. <laughs> tell me later. <laughs> Coming up, Aaron Rodgers. God, dog, he had an opener to forget. It was bad. And I mean bad. But what no one's talking about why he actually might be to blame for the Packers' struggles. Oh, don't look too cold, common collected, Rogers. It ain't going great for you. Yeah, stress that neck out, though. We'll be back. Peace. Did I call that game? I called that game. Mm-hmm. You said it's going to lose? There was huge action in college football over the weekend, and I mean huge. So it's time for us to go around the nation, and I can fill you in. Starting off, number one Alabama went to my hometown of Austin, Texas. Ooh, they almost took an L, y'all. But Alabama, Bryce Young, an absolute beast on that drive, goes down to seal the deal for Alabama. They still won by one point. So shout out to the Crimson Tide, but my Longhorns, they did their thing. Bright future for them if their quarterbacks get healthy. Next up. Staying in Texas, Texas A&M hosting Appalachian State. Alert, all coaches, regardless of how much you get offered, do not schedule Appalachian State. Number six, Texas A&M gets upset by Appalachian State. That is not good for Jimbo Fisher or the Aggies. Keeping it moving. Georgia Southern and Nebraska, not the biggest game of all time, but it did have big implications. Scott Frost, remember Scott Frost left UCF, was supposed to be the savior for the Nebraska Cornhuskers? He was a former player for Nebraska. Well, now he's a former coach. He got fired after losing to Georgia Southern. And lastly, in a huge game, and I mean huge game, Notre Dame, they barely lost to Ohio State in week one. We thought the future was going to be incredibly bright. But then Marshall walks into South Bend and drops them on the mat. They're on the canvas. Marcus Freeman, one, two, three losses to start his head coaching career in South Bend if you go back to last year's bowl game. It was a wild, wild weekend in college football. And y'all make sure to stay tuned with all the college football news each and every week. Well, it's time for rewarding performance brought to you by Capital One. What's in your wallets? Aaron Rodgers talking about him transitioning to the NFL. He does not have Devontae Adams, and it showed yesterday against the Vikings. First play of the game on offense, Rodgers to Christian Watkins. That's incomplete. You're watching it right there. Christian Watson, oh, through his hands, and it did not get any better after that. After the game, the reigning MVP said, quote, we hurt ourselves many times, myself 
including Dave Helms. Do you blame Aaron Rodgers for the Packers' struggles? No. You, you, you led with it. You want to show the highlight again of the guy that they drafted to come in and be his receiver help? Just let an easy touchdown go through his hands? You know what I'm about to do, Shady. You ready, you ready for this? <laughs> I don't. Aaron Rodgers, he's so much better than Dak Prescott. He has a history of elevating these guys. He didn't have receiver help. Alan Lazard sat out of this game. David Bakhtiari, his left tackle, and Elton Jenkins, two of his best offensive linemen, lost John Runyon Jr. to a concussion during this game. Turns out that even the best quarterbacks need a lot of help to win games. It's crazy. It's wild. No, I don't blame Aaron Rodgers at all. <laughs> Two five, you might want to respond to that because that looked like a direct shot. That was a direct I, shot. I, I don't agree with him, right? I'm blaming all of the whole the whole thing, right? The whole thing on Aaron Rodgers. First of all, you're the quarterback. You're the guy. You're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the guy. <laughs> so my thing with him is, listen, instead of helping these young boys out, right, what you do? You, you talk bad about them in the media. Oh, they're dropping this pass, dropping Good that point. pass. They're doing this, they're doing that. And every time you say that, first of all, they already feel bad. They're dropping the pass. Boom, and everybody sees it. The auto riders. And then their quarterback, their famous quarterback, one of the best, he talks about on TV. It's like, I can't get a shot. So you look at a young kid, man. I look at myself as a rookie. I had one bad play, right, that I really remember. I was a rookie. Donovan Minab was an all-star quarterback. He threw me a pass, a swing out. It hit me on the back of the head, right? It was a preseason game. The guy picks it up, and he scores a touchdown. I was so embarrassed. The fans looking at me like, this kid's a bum. You know what Donovan Minab did to me? He said, hey, look, don't worry about that. You get better at it. You know what I mean? But look, catch the ball. <laughs> but even that, like, he encouraged me to help me out, to, to big me up. If you're doing the opposite and you're a way better player, it's like, come on, bro. How can we win like that? I, so I blame him on all that. I agree with Shady, actually, Point. surprisingly. Like, I blame Aaron Rodgers not for what you can read in the box score, but it goes above the box score. Aaron Rodgers, the last two years, first he threatens retirement, threatens to host Jeopardy. Then, like Shady just said, this offseason, he says his wide receivers got to get better at running routes. Then he says that his wide receivers got to get better at catching the ball. And then you don't necessarily make sure that Devontae Adams stays in Green Bay. Why? Because Devontae Adams doesn't know if you're going to stay in Green Bay, so he can't commit long-term to Green Bay because you're not committing long-term to Green Bay. I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for what you see on the field, but I love when coaches tell us and at least remind us, you win the game during the week. You just find out the score on the weekend. Oh. For the Packers, they've lost the game during the offseason and offseasons. We're just seeing some of the results during the week. But, Joy, where do you stand? How much you blame Aaron Rodgers or do you? Uh, I know this is going to be shocking, but, no, I blame the Packers. Mm. I, got, I got to put it on the Packers because I've seen – too much evidence about how the, the Packers do business to just ignore it and put it on Aaron Rodgers being tough on his wide receivers. Tom Brady is, is, is tough on his wide receivers, too. He expects them to catch the ball. Now, obviously, he has a different approach. He's way A little us. more personable okay. uh, with guys. I'm not comparing him in that way. Thank you. But great players expect great things of the people around them, and I don't think that that's unfair. I think you, ought, you should call players out when they're not playing up to the, to the level that you need them to play. And Aaron Rodgers is a back-to-back -back MVP, first battle Hall of Famer. It's Aaron Rodgers. My issue with the situation is the Packers do the same thing all the time and expect a different result. The Packers have had 30 years mm. of, maybe longer now, 
of back-to-back first ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Who does that? Nobody. They had Brett Favre led right into Aaron Rodgers, and you have two championships to show for it. Now, I'm not scoffing at those championships, but you clearly do business a certain type of way. They're very conservative. They'll put a little bit in the 401k. They'll make sure that we don't spend too much money on that vacation because we want to make sure we can have extra money for when they leave for college. It's good to plan for the future. It's good to be looking down the road. But you also got to take big swings in the moment when you have windows to do that. And they don't all the time. And I go back to the original thing that started this whole thing with him retiring and is he going to be here and all that. Jordan Love. Why would you do that? Maybe you could have used that pick on someone that could be contributing right now instead of trying to replace Aaron Rodgers. It's twofold. Here's the thing, though. I don't know, Joy, if you can praise the Packers on one hand for having 30 years of, of, of great quarterback play in a phenomenal transition, but knock the Packers for drafting Jordan Love. No, they're Love. great savers. They're, they're very conservative. They're very planned, very articulate, but they never go big. They never take what, the big what do, you, what do you mean by that? I'm trying to – what do you mean by go big? Like what? You don't need to replace Aaron Rodgers with Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers did not need replacing. But they thought – like, you didn't necessarily they need didn't to replace then. Brett Favre with Aaron Rodgers because yeah. Brett Favre at the time didn't need to replace him. Remember, Brett Favre goes to Minnesota and goes 13-3. Yeah. And he got like, busy. And it's just the playoffs. Yeah. Like, so, Brett, yeah. you could argue that – like, it, it's you know hard because it's gambling. You, you know what you could do if you were going to take Jordan Love? You could pick up the phone and call Aaron Rodgers. That's you think they? You think they didn't? They, they did said not. They didn't. They said not, that. Maybe not. Yo, not. No, no. Maybe not like, hey, everybody go pick. No, no, no. They did take. not tell him. That's what started this whole I, thing. I, I don't believe it. I, I believe this. I've heard they that. They both said it. I heard it's hard to, to deal with A-Rod, right? I mean, even now, like, is he playing? Is he not playing? Is it the last dance? Is it not? No, no, no. I'm going to get $50 million a year. Like, you don't know. And then, real quick, you, you give them a lot of love and praise, and they deserve it. But let's not forget, like, these same teams that he's had, they've had, like, so many first-round buys. When you, when you are trying to bring a team together, you're not saying we're going to win a Super Bowl. No, no. You need, you're trying to give yourself a chance. When you give yourself a chance as far as having the number one buy in the NFL. But to go to, go to Joy's point, Shady, and that's what drives me crazy about the Packers. And, like, look, I don't, I don't love, especially not the last two years, like, I don't love the way Aaron Rodgers conducts himself all the time. I did, yeah, like, I don't get why you need to drag these young guys through the mud and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's got to be frustrating when you're Aaron Rodgers and they're like, here's some scraps. Can you get us back to the one seed in the NFC? (laughs) I brought this up on this show before. Patrick Mahomes is like, it's just such a perfect example for me because he's better than everybody. And the Chiefs don't ask that of him ever. They never do. His line was terrible when when y'all when they lost that Super Bowl to Tampa Bay. They spent the whole offseason throwing stuff at it. They went and traded for Orlando Brown. They drafted guys. They drafted Creed Humphrey. They drafted most of their players, though. Just, just let you know that. Autumn Gooks is really – most of them drafted. I mean, they, they swung a first-round pick trade for a left tackle of the future when they realized they had to get rid of theirs. They went and signed a guy like Justin Reed when they realized they had to let the Honey Badger go. Like, they do – they get stuff done because they want their quarterback to have help, whereas with the Packers, it seems like they're like – you just please make this. But work but a us. lot of that too though is the Packers want the Chiefs want to help their quarterback. My question is when talking about the Packers, does the quarterback want to help others? Because the Packers do have the Christian Watson. He is a dude. The Packers did look around and say, you know what? Is he a dude? He's supposed to be. He's he's supposed to compare. He's a rookie. 
But think about the Chiefs. I don't think that Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who averages 29 catches a season and 500 uh, yards. Okay, is, listen. He listen. spent four years learning from Aaron Rodgers but, before he but went to But that's my Kansas point. City. We can't sit here and act like Aaron Rodgers didn't have a guy and then praise the Chiefs for the same guy that you're saying the Packers didn't have. Right. Marquez Valdez-Scantling was with the Packers. So you can't tell me that the Packers didn't help Aaron Rodgers, but then tell me that the Chiefs helped okay. Patrick Mahomes the Chiefs, when it was the same guy. The Chiefs lost Tyreek. They got MVS, which is one piece. They also went and got they got Juju, who's a pretty good player. They drafted Sky Moore. They spent the same caliber of pick on a receiver that the Packers did. They did all of those things at one time. That's what I'm talking about. The quarterback also took what a 12, 11 year, 12 year deal, right? Something like that. Ten, crazy. Ten year deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean. No, I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers isn't completely uh, devoid of blame. And when we talk about the postseason, because we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. you've got to examine what you do in the postseason. Absolutely right. But I can't look at everything that Green Bay does year after year, being conservative the way that they are, and just say this is all on Aaron Rodgers. Yes, you do have to go out there and win. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, like, I, look, I'm, I'm back-to-back league MVP. I'm not the you, – you're asking me? What, what, yeah. I'm not the one here that's a question. You put the seam on the field. It's so interesting, though. They draft good, too, though. That's what I was going to say. Why are they got? I mean, the because before, before, nice. before Devontae Adams was a Devontae Adams, like, he wasn't the guy there. They, they, got, they got dudes. Now, the question, though, is play wide but, receivers. But does Aaron Rodgers make them wide receivers? Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, uh, James Jones, Randall Cobb. You could go on and on and on. Donald yeah. Driver. Clearly, some of those people had overlap with Brett Favre, clearly. Okay. But Aaron Rodgers could argue that he makes those dudes those dudes as well. He's going to make anybody better, right? But them, them guys are good. Jordy Nelson was, was good. I mean, I think Aaron makes everybody better. Devontae Adams, I mean, he had a good game, what, one for like 145 or something like that? He had a nice day. Yeah, he had a nice day because he's a good player. I'm sure A-Rod makes everything way better. But we can't act like the, the Packers, like, they don't draft well, they don't get players there. Like, his left tackle, if he ever plays, he's a top three left tackle. Very nice, yeah. yeah Going so, back to Joy's point again, they, like, they do have that stuff. They do have good players. It doesn't seem, at least to us, I don't want to speak for you, but, like, they don't ever take that swing to put themselves over the top from what they have. But Draft if you, a quarterback who doesn't play instead of a receiver. I, I, you know, who you could have had instead of Jordan Love, T. Higgins. I, I get nice that, player. right? But if you look at their district team, even on defense, I mean, like, um, Alexander, he's what? He's a top corner, right? It's, not that, they do. They have have it's not that they you, don't you have, have good, You can't have a, a, a good team and you're always and, and they're running in the East for, you know, a playoff contender. You know what I'm saying? Uh, first round buys. Like, that's, that's hard to do. Every year they're doing it almost. It's fascinating. I don't know if it's Jordan. I don't know if it's Aaron Rodgers at fault, the Green Bay Packers at fault. But what I do know is they desperately miss Devontae Adams. And if they're not careful, they might mess around and lose to the Minnesota Vikings or the Bears in the north. Coming up, Dak Prescott. Ugh, out for the Cowboys. It actually did hurt my heart to watch. I'm not going to lie, Dave. I'm not going to lie. It hurt my heart. But what's next in Dallas? Is their season over? Find out what Shady has to say. (laughs) Next on Speed. You already know. (laughs) Y'all know it. It's time to check in on our second life, our social life. How about Mike Tomlin after a big win over the Cincinnati Bengals? Y'all see him there with the black hat in there. Swaggy. AB dance. (laughs) 
Everybody live streaming and they getting it. Shady, you were showing us the. the there hey, it is. Hey, hey, <laughs> throw that on A B J B. Dave, I won't ask you to dance please, until please next week. Please do it. Thank but you. by next week, All right. you're dancing, okay? Give me like a week's head start. This like, is let our me know version of rookie hazing. All right. Okay, thank you. All right, transitioning, transitioning, transitioning. How about them cowboys? How about a better performance from Dak Prescott? It was not pretty. Dak Prescott, right there on that play, he breaks his thumb. The offense struggled. Even before Dak Prescott got hurt, it was not great. And then we find out that he needs surgery. You see him jogging off the field. He is out for six to eight weeks. All bad in Dallas, but Shady, give the Cowboys some optimism and tell them that their season's not, not over? Or? There's nothing optimistic about that team, about that performance. Nothing at all. It's over. We Listen, I said it earlier. We got to stop talking about the Cowboys and Jerry Jones. We need to talk about Jeff Lurie and the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. It's over for the Cowboys, right? Their captain, he went down. You know, he got a, a, a little thumb, little, little baby little thumb. He's hurt for six to eight weeks, right? Even before that, he wasn't playing well. The defense, you talked about defense. They didn't play well. I mean, Tampa Bay, they, they, they punted one time, right, in three quarters. So let's just stop with the whole Dallas Cowboys and all that. It's over. All right? Done. Dave, <laughs> over with. Why are you looking at me like I You're the Cowboys defender. Why are you looking at me like I disagree? No, man. I, I, I don't no really, moss. No moss. I don't, I'm going to be nicer about it than Shady. The defense did play pretty well. And, and sorry he broke his thumb. Like, I'm sure that hurts. Like, hey, just man. writing that off like it's nothing. No, but, like. I think the Cowboys are in some serious trouble, man. Like, you ask me how they can salvage their season. That needed to be done in March, April, May, June, and July. Like, they could have done more about their backup quarterback. They could have not traded Amari Cooper. They could have tried harder to back up their offensive line. This feels like the team that they're stuck with for the most part. I mean, if we want to do the Jimmy G thing, we can get into that. I don't know how you truly salvage this. And I'll steal it straight from Jerry Jones. On the day training camp started, I was sitting there on that very hot tennis court. He said, in order for this to be a successful season, the Cowboys need to be viable in the playoffs. They don't just need to get there. They have to be viable. That means winning games. So not only do they have to hold the rope until Dak Prescott gets back, then they need to magically not look like that. <laughs> It was off. It was as poorly as I've ever seen them play. Like, how? How? And again, Dak got hurt with five or six minutes to play in the game. So for 55 minutes, they had their guy. They scored three points. Mm. That's in an NFL game. That's worse than pathetic. Mm. So even when Dak gets back, let's say you hold the rope heroically until he's back. Then you still got to fix all of that. Maybe you get Michael Gallup back. I know that's a thing. It doesn't seem like enough. And so if you're saying, they got to be viable in the playoff. Ain't no way. There's no, Ain't no way. way. Ain't no way. Ain't no, There's no Ain't way. No. <laughs> so, like, this, I mean, the season's not over. They're not going to go 0-17. Oh, it's, it's, not, it's not I mean, over. Okay, maybe, maybe one or two games they might win. But they're not going to go 0-17, but they're not going to factor into the Super Bowl. I, I just want to ask you one question, right? And I told you today I'll be on you, right, because you're a Dallas guy. I'm ready for it. Let's go. America, I just want to ask one Let's question. Go. They keep saying how bad this offensive group is, right? But – a guy like Lamar Jackson, his team is a lot worse, especially on offense. Would you agree? Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. You said I'm that saying, already. I'm just saying because, Mark like, he asked you a yes or no have, question. They, he did ask you a yes or no question. They, they, yo, they have some playmakers. They have – what point are you getting to, Shady? I'm confused. That's a good question. I, I, I don't know I who like I would take. That's the excuse for the Cowboys. Like, they play so awful, right, on, on Sunday Night Football. There were so many people that watched it. What, 25 million 25 people saw million. that. And, 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 can I need your money back. 
Give your money back. <laughs> well, they came to see Brady, so I get it. But my thing is, like, everybody has this, like, excuse. Oh, you know, Jerry, he, he didn't put the team together, and they have their office not together, and then they're lying. Like, these are all excuses. This is the NFL. Joy, I got to get your take on this because we haven't heard from oh you yet. God. Is the Cowboys season <laughs> over? Where do you fall between Dave and Shady? Uh, I'm somewhere in between. I, I don't like to be the person after week one to wildly overreact. I think Trey Lance could probably use a couple more starts before he gets benched for Jimmy Garoppolo, things like that. But, but. it could not <laughs> have gone worse <laughs> for the Cowboys last night. That was an all-time awful performance. And then you come out of that performance losing Dak Prescott. So it, it was, it was the, as bad as the night could go. Like, that's the worst-case scenario, Dak Prescott having to get surgery after that performance. Because we're not going points. to absolve what we saw before he got injured just because he is now injured. So what can you do if you're the Dallas Cowboys? Jerry Jones, you put this roster together you felt comfortable putting this out there with Dak Prescott. Now you don't have Dak Prescott, who you were going to lean on to get things done in Dallas this season. He's not there. So let's conservatively say he's back in four weeks, Dak Prescott, which is that's a I mean, best case. That's scenario. the best case scenario. He's back in four weeks. They have the Bengals next week. Mm, mm. Then you have the Giants and Commanders, two in division games. And then you have the Rams here in Los Angeles. Now, look, all NFL teams could beat you any given Sunday. We know that. But here's the issue. Everyone else in the NFC won yesterday. Mm. So this is, this is not going to be some kind of cakewalk to win the division. They have to win these games. And no disrespect to Cooper, but that's not going to get it done. However bad Dak was, that was worse. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, and, and that's not his job. He's the backup quarterback. You would expect him to come in as a backup quarterback and split. That's what you're happy with if you lose, right. if you lose your starting quarterback. Tell him, Joy. That's right. Tell him, okay? Joy. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So, to me, I really do feel like unless you are just completely punting on the season, which, which has no value to the Dallas Cowboys, because the only reason why you would tank in this situation is to get a quarterback, which you already have, right. you've got to make a swing and go get a, a Jimmy Garoppolo. Not and, a Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. But, okay. But here's the thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to win more than Dak would have won with this roster. Right. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to win more games than Cooper would win with this roster. Mm. And if you're the Dallas Cowboys and you want to be viable when Dak is back, you need mm. a real backup quarterback, which is what Jimmy Garoppolo is, I a think, backup quarterback. I think the only way to salvage this Cowboys season, and it's not a superhero, like you said, it's Garoppolo, period. Jimmy Garoppolo was 33-14 and 14 as a starter, 70% winning percentage. I played in the league. It's hard to win games in the league. Regardless of how talented that roster is around you, it's hard to win games in the league. I'll say this as well. The Niners' offense, in my mind, no more talented than some of those Cowboys offenses Dak Prescott played with, particularly that 2016 Cowboys offense that Dak Prescott played with that won 13 games. That Cowboys team that Dak Prescott had last year that had a first-round bye was no less talented than the 49ers team that had to go into Dallas when the Cowboys were more rested over the previous seven weeks and beat Dallas in Dallas with Jimmy Garoppolo. So as much as we want to continue to praise and hype up the all-wonderful, magnificent Dak Prescott, he's 1-3 
in his career in the playoffs. Jimmy Garoppolo has won more playoff games than anybody outside of Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, if I'm not mistaken, in the last four years. Say what you will about Jimmy G. I, I think he is yeah, the savior for the Dallas Cowboys this season if they want saving, period. Okay, for starter, like, I, who cares about the 2016 Cowboys? That was a lifetime ago. Last time Dak Prescott was that great. The group, right. the group that Jimmy G would be inheriting is not even last year's, by the way. Amari ain't there. Yeah. Michael Gallup ain't ready. Like, disassociate yourself with that. On top of that, Jimmy G didn't win that game in Dallas last year, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah, Mike McCarthy lost that game Come in on now. And, and Which is the other point. Jimmy G's not going to be playing with Kyle Shanahan. It's, it's going to be Mike McCarthy. On top of that, and here's the big thing for me, you got to think about this realistically. Like, let, let's just say they swing this trade this week. He can't play against the Bengals. He's going to need some time to, like, learn that playbook and get acclimated. Best case scenario, he plays in a week. And then again, like depending on Dak's timeline, you might get a month out of Jimmy G. And what if it doesn't go that well, by the way? Like, would Jimmy she probably G, won't. Would Jimmy G even want to waive his no trade? Like, think about it. Oh, yes. yes. You think he would? Absolutely. Yes. To you think the, he to would? To go be the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys and potentially win some games in the hearts of Dallas, that's, that is a great move for Jimmy Garoppolo. I would way weeks. rather win some games with that nice 49ers roster if they do eventually. Fly, we fly, baby. Minutes. I'm sorry. That has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> oh, no, just just, he's just currying favor right now. Nothing to do with anything right now. Coming up, Patrick Mahomes was getting busy yesterday doing Patrick Mahomes type things. Ooh, but the Chiefs, did they put the Bills on notice with their performance? That's next on Speak. Patrick Mahomes did look unstoppable. Five touchdowns? Oh my God. That Welcome back, family. If you're looking for something to make you smile, how about Justin Fields? After getting a huge W in the opening win under his new head coach, Matt Eberflus, he just dives into the monsoon of the Chicago Bears field, gets up, flexes a muscle. Joy, how you feeling about it? I feel like it looks like my personal worst nightmare. <laughs> I am not a person of the elements. I am an indoor cat. <laughs> but it's fun. I, I love seeing Justin Fields have some success. I'm really rooting for him. It's And for the Chicago Bears. It's a big brand. Yeah. They've been dying for a, a quarterback and I, I'm rooting for him. It looks fun. Uh, you, you guys like playing in those kind of games? No. Like, what do you do? You just don't hit to it? I love it. Shut up. You're lying. I know you're lying. I love the type of games. No, you didn't, bro. You can't get busy in those games. You're going to fumble in those games. Your swag is going to be terrible. I mean, to be clear, the, the, the field is atrocious. Like, it's 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 insane. I, mean, I, I like the play. I just Look at the distance he got on that coach, slide. Coach, give me a ball, like, coach. Like, he went like 20 feet. Anyway, from the <laughs> NFC to the AFC, let's move on from the Bears to the Chiefs because they got busy yesterday and the weather looked great. It was NAZ, so you already know how it's going to be out there. But along with the sunshine, Patrick Mahomes. Travis, Kelsey, and they didn't even miss Tyreek Hill. Five touchdown passes, 360 passing yards. KC blew them out. Woo, so shady. I got to ask you, because you played for the Chiefs, won a Super Bowl with them. You played for the Bills, got busy with them. Did the Chiefs put the Bills on notice? I'm going to say yes and no. Yes for the rest of the world, right? You know, Tyreek Hill goes to Miami, so you're not sure what the Chiefs will look like. The deep ball with that, that high-paced offense, they look good. So everybody's like, oh, my God, the Chiefs are really back. But I'm going to say no for the Bills. Sean McDermott, who's the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, yes, he sir. played, or I'm sorry, he coached with Andy Reid. So he already know that Andy Reid's going to have these guys prepared. And if you can see from yesterday, they were prepared, locked in, um, converting on third downs. Everything they wanted to do, they did. Although, I mean, the Cardinals played man coverage against the Chiefs, which was, I couldn't understand Never that. 
Yeah. Never well, anyway, idea. so like yes and no. Uh, I like that answer. I like that answer, Dave. What you th- what you think? I'm gonna say yes. They did just in the spirit of answering your question because I know you don't like it when I don't do that. But <laughs> if the Bills needed to be put on notice, what the hell's wrong with them? Like that. I mean, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, sure they did, but like this is what you should have expected. This is why I picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. You got to knock them off their perch. Like, Mm. the Bills should have been on notice. This is the team they can't beat. This is the team that ends their playoff run every year. The Bills should be watching their every move thinking, how do we beat KC? How we got to do that? So to see them do that, it's what I expected. Yeah, they didn't put the the Bills on notice. The Bills know exactly who the Chiefs are because they keep giving them them L's. The Chiefs put everybody else on notice. The Chiefs remind everybody, we still them boys. We lost Tyreek Hill, we're fine because we've got that guy right there. And we have Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and all kinds of talent everywhere. Cardinals. Bad. Bad. We don't talk. Actually, we're not going to talk about the Cardinals. They're not worthy of being talked about. Concerning. But yes, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are still great and put everybody else on notice. The Bills have not forgotten who the Chiefs are. So I agree with Joy, but for a different reason. I think the Chiefs put everybody on notice but the Bills, but for me it's because the Bills aren't scared of the Chiefs. Like, that's where I'm at this time around. I get that the Chiefs have historically handed the Bills L's, but I don't think that the Bills are flinching at all from the Chiefs this year. Like, they gave them that work past tense, but they're not going to give them that work future tense. So I'm with you, Joy, in the fact that the Bills weren't put on notice, but it's actually for a different reason. I just don't think the Bills are scared of the Chiefs no more. And I think they, they want it. Like, hey, man, like, like Dave said, you stopped our run, right? Because we really had you over 13 seconds. But they lost. They lost. So now it's okay. You beat me yesterday, but today I can't wait to fight you. Mm-hmm. And I think that now going forward, they can't wait to play them boys. No, I think they have a Deep respect for the Chiefs, but until you knock them off, you can't go yeah, walk around pounding on your chest. You don't. That's the mistake that teams make. I, I agree. I mean, I picked the Bills this year, so I think that they will take that next step. But they got to take that next step yeah. before you start you start bragging. Like, yeah. they, they had them in 13 seconds and still lost. I just, that should be the team that you go into, like, this is – this is the moment. Like, this is, this is a lifetime moment right here. I got to do everything perfect. I can't see the Chiefs beating the Bills without Tyreek Hill. They're not, they're not the Cardinals. Styles make fights. To that point, Styles make fights. The Cardinals had no elite pass rusher in my mind. Like, remember, the Cardinals let Chandler Jones walk after a ten-and-a-half sack season. Yeah. Um, they let uh, their uh, Hassan Reddick walk after a twelve-and-a-half sack season two years ago. Meanwhile, the Bills got Von Miller, to Joy's point, for that game. Yeah. You know you got to beat one team, the Kansas City Chiefs. You got Von Miller not to play the Raiders, not to play the the, the, the Chargers. You got Von Miller to play and beat the Chiefs. Chiefs put the world on notice. But Buffalo, they ain't scared. Coming up, I got a final thought on the historic coaching change at Nebraska. History was made, and I'm going to tell you what it was. You do not want to miss this. Huge for college football. Next. Beat, don't go anywhere. Welcome back. It's time for my final thought. University of Nebraska names Mickey Joseph as their interim head coach for the first time in the history of the program, a school founded in 1869 and a football program that started in the year 1900. The program has a black head coach. But even more than that, out of the 22 programs at the University of Nebraska, there has never been a black coach period. Now, if you just look at the men's programs, football, basketball, and track, 
They have made 78 coaching hires. That's football, basketball, and baseball. 78 coaching hires and never a black head coach. So I say this to you, Mickey Joseph. Regardless of how you fare this season, congratulations. Because you, my friend, you've already made history. That's it for us. We'll see you tomorrow.